This is this actually may may cause this guy to lose his mind, I think. Hey, so did you guys hear that story? Oh yeah, I've, I've seen this. It's bullshit. I talked about it why I got this fear about what I let into my head because I got suckered by it because it felt good. Huh? Bullshit. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of property is what John Locke said. Huh? Yeah. Natural law. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of bullshit. Uh, yeah, that shouldn't really be all that surprising. That was a very good point, Stan. And we were acting like dummies before you got involved. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Thanks for straightening it out. Backstory. It's great. It's a history thing. I bet there's a podcast, too. Yeah, there probably would be, right? And you might be quite interested into listening to the one about... Police departments in wow. Los Angeles. Oh my goodness! And the and the Chamber of Commerce. It was fascinating. And then one guy. There's two historians, but there's one guy who says, and that's the thing you need to tell your people, your libertarian friends, that the free market cannot exist without a government police force, because the uh, boom and bust nature of capitalism means that there's going to be times relatively frequently where a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money and be very angry. And you can't count on a sheriff or a posse to keep them down. That's true. That's true. There needs to be some sort of policing. Because if I, if I like open up a company and rip people off, I need to be prevented from reopening up another company under a different name and continuing to do it. Yep, but they do it all the time. One of his sons, James, oh, actually a grandson, who was the first, uh, Mellon was the, uh, was the founder of Gulf Oil, now Chevron. He doesn't like paying taxes on his inherited wealth. He's found a novel way of avoiding taxes. He doesn't live anywhere. How does he do that? Well, like the most, the, his most uh, established place to live is a chalet in Switzerland. He always stays less than three months, and then he moves somewhere else. So he has like four places to live, and he just continually moves and doesn't pay taxes to anybody. Well, not on his wealth. I mean, on whatever he spends, of course, he pays taxes and probably property taxes. I mean, on his end, he's he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what I thought. Is he brilliant? Is he is he uh, corrupt? Is he uh, both? Yeah. Yeah, it's a both, you know. I don't think Dougal made it in here because I had talked to him about that, uh, the trickle-down economics on stuff you should know. And I listened to that again. And Josh Adomics said that we would leave the tax rates like we have them currently, which are ridiculously low. You know, even under uh, Reagan, the top tax rate was uh, 50%. You know, it's 35%. But anyways, he said, just leave the rate. Keep the rate at 35%, but you tax the hell out of inheritance. Like 98%. 
So you don't end up with people like this James Mellon. You had a lot of action down in Florida this week, huh? Oh, in regards to which event? Actually, he was, he was a former resident in New Jersey, I understand. The guy that shot up all his, his whole family. Yeah, and Bell, that was about a week ago, I think. But yeah, yeah. And, he, and it was his grandchildren. That, to me, is like beyond comprehension. Yeah, and he said he had all sorts of mental problems and had a history. It can happen anywhere. Anyways, Mike, so what happened with you and your Liam Neeson movie? Is it really as bad as you implied? No, actually, I, I'm seeing, I've seen mixed reviews for it, you know? Okay. I, I can't say, I wouldn't recommend go seeing it. Like I said, I'm going to wait for my local DVD bootlegger to get it. I, I, it's been confirmed. I'm not in it, so I don't even, I don't have that uh, aspect to look. Oh, because I, I left that picture up for like six hours, hoping that, you know, I'm up in there. I kept looking at it just right. I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought that my face was like hanging in space there. I don't know if I just saw it or other people saw it, but uh, that's why I made that comment. But on which side? On the left? Like well, he says, I'm on the right. So if you look on the right of the the shot, it looks like there's a big face coming through like slats of wood or something. Right, right. Is that and, you? Is that you? It looks like me. I thought, I thought it was like. I he, thought, and then I said, "No." He said he was behind the counter. Well, that's that's where I that's where I really was in the scene. Mm. So you know, I was off. I knew I I was off screen. If that's a shot from the movie, you know, I'm not in the scene. Oh. Well, who was the face in the slats? Over? Well, I I think I think he I think Rob photoshopped it. It oh. looks like. No, it looks like a still. I think some people have posted it from. Uh, you know, the uh, video I did for the uh, premium. Oh! Yeah, that's, that, that's, at the, that's at the end. Yeah, when I go nuts, yeah. But so that's it, though. So uh, you got your 150 bucks in the, and, and your experience. Yeah, my experience. <laughs> it was quite an experience. I told you you should have taken more sandwiches. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't need food. <clears throat> You know, I, I'm I'm used to eating a big meal at at midnight. You know, and that was actually the first the first thing they did when I got when I got there. I think I had to be there at midnight, and then that's when the crew broke it down for whatever they were calling it supper at midnight. I don't know. It's kind of late, but the, the the crew came in, everybody ate, and then I, I sat there for you know a few more hours. Went to another clo location where we didn't even have seats. And we sort of stood around for an hour, yeah, and then we sort I of... watched the guy carry the thing in circles. <laughs> I mean, it was just monotonous as hell, you know? Wow. At least it's true to life, you know? Yeah, it's true That's to life. what this podcast is about. You know, you could have made up all kinds of stories. Could have gotten <laughs> into a fight, got... Glamorous made, showbiz. You know, like, like your friends, the mush. Not the mush. Sorry, that's the podcast I'm editing right now. I've, I've been through that section, so... Oh, the Bobcat story? <laughs> that story is still going around. That story won't die. That, well, that, it's already a legend now. And the Python story, yeah, Cormod said he read the same thing about uh, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah, he killed the Bobcat? I don't know, that's what Cormod said. Uh -huh. Yeah, actually, you know, we have a bulletin board at Masses and people write stuff on it and somebody wanted to write, who, who killed the Bobcat? <laughs> <laughs> This 
this actually may may cause this guy to lose his mind. I think this may be what drives him over the edge because apparently he's right on the edge as it is. Oh, well, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out, though. You know, I mean, he 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 associates with these guys, you know, in all these bars, and uh, they all hate him. They, I don't think he's got like well, I I think he's got some friends. I, I've seen him talking to uh, people, but everybody in Massa dislikes him. Um, I mean, I've I've only made, met the guy a couple times, and actually, it was weird because I discovered I actually have his uh, business card. He's a uh, power watcher. Did I lose everybody? <laughs> well, I did read somewhere recently it was is that they said a lot of compulsive liars were actually abused. <laughs> children physically abused and they learned to lie to keep from getting beaten up that seems sad yeah <laughs> it is sad Mike's on the fence about that one he did sincerely have I missed conversations about your uh, gubernatorial race down there I, I saw a thing on it last night what did you say? Yes, you have missed conversation. Well, it's just, it's, it just sounds wacky, you know, that a <laughs> former Republican's running as a Democrat and, you know, <laughs> well, it's like... That's been Cormod's obsession, yes. Is, is he a sheep in uh, wolf's clothing, uh, you know? I wish that was the case. No, and Rick Scott is winning now, and he's still got $100 million worth of ads to totally destroy Charlie Crisp. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, they said he's he's just spending like crazy. Well, he spent $72 million of his own money to win the first time. Now he's willing to spend $100 million of his own money. Uh, I could have that money, he could just blow. Why would you want to do it just to be a governor of Florida and, like, pollute the environment and screw up the education system? Although I do think Bill Gates is involved in this. Bill Gates and, and Jeb Bush and all of them. Bill Gates has an interest down there? He has an interest in all of this standardized testing stuff. Yeah. And then, I'm pretty sure... Neil part, Bush. He is somebody that works for, is it Preston or something like that? One of the, Pearson. One of the big uh, academic book manufacturers, and they make the tests. Yeah. So, A friend of mine works for them. Oh, all right. I interviewed, I interviewed there a couple times. I, I wanted to work for them myself. <laughs> Didn't get the job. Well, they got some power now. And see, if you make a standardized test that every school child in the United States is going to have to take, then somebody's going to have to make books. Yeah. You know? is, this the, is this the core? Yeah, Common Core. Uh, is, is this the same thing? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's in the same neighborhood. Yes. Because I I saw something on that the other day too. Yeah, but no. People are fighting it. I didn't hear that angle though. That it's a money making thing. Yeah, well, that they rarely talk about that part of it. Just like all this crap going down in the Middle East. Who's making the money on this? Did you hear who backed our our bombings? Bahrain, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. It's like, holy crap. Jordan. Jordan. Why don't they just buy the damn area? 
put up some luxury condos and ski resorts like they like to do. Hey, where's Kuwait in that list? Hey, they didn't mention it. You're right? Why not? Oh, they didn't have any money. Well, money <laughs> spent on Kuwait, I guess. Oh, I was listening to an old tape. I was trying to figure out what year it is. I know the date was April 19th. Because sometimes I can't, I leave on the uh, recorder when the news was on, just so I had a glimpse of what was going on. George H.W. Bush was explaining that the New World Order wasn't some sort of fascistic thing and that he was just talking about democracy for the world. And it was April 19th of some year. And if I could find out what year, then I recorded that tape. I guess 90. That is guess. Okay. okay, so then that is. That's very good estimate. And we didn't invade Iraq, right? It was because that would have been either right after we did it or right before when he talked about, well, we need to have a new world order. I was just assuming it was right after uh, we went into Kuwait, you know, or a month or two after. Because wasn't that in like January? But we do have to find out if Wilt Chamberlain killed a bobcat or not. Or, or how many he killed. Well, it would not be easy to kill a Wilt Chamberlain. If you grab him by his back legs, you're an idiot. Because then you're leaving his mouth and a long arm to get you. Because anybody else, if you grab the bobcat, his, he's going to get you with his back legs. If you grab him by the nape of the neck... If you grab him by his back legs, you're an idiot. Because then you're leaving his mouth and his front legs to get you. How do you... Because a bobcat's like 30 pounds, right? 40 pounds? Yeah. yeah. That was the estimate in masses. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of discussion about how big a bobcat is. Well, I got, I got like one cat, and he's about 8 pounds. And if he wanted to be an asshole... I'd have a hard time getting him to behave. I mean, I could do it. But if he was five times bigger, he could stop me from doing it more than likely. There was a video that went around uh, a few years ago on YouTube of an animal control officer trying to deal with a domestic cat that was probably around 15 pounds. Uh, it messed him up really bad. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, it grabbed him. It had a whole body hold on him, and it was tearing into him with all four claws. It was... <laughs> and their teeth! Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, cats are badass fighters, I'll tell you. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can kick people, but we don't have claws like to lock in and tear into their flesh. <laughs> Wish we did. It'd make football a lot better. Imagine the domestic abuse then. They <laughs> barefoot. Well, isn't that what they want? And isn't what's going on in the Middle East just like a big football game? And 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 they even trade players and everything. Oh heavens! I've been trying to pay attention, and then they got the Sunnis and the Shiites, and then there's Alawites. Well, it'll be easier when they finally put out the, the playing card set or the trading card set, you know. I think I'm beginning to understand why the old guys used to say, nuke them all, just nuke them all. Because if you try to figure it out, 
It's too complicated. It's like, you know, infinite. And the war has been going on for like 1,380 years. Let them have it. We got to get off that foreign oil. But now it's not even about oil. It's about selling weapons. I never liked selling weapons because they seem like a dumb product to produce. You know, they don't have a real long shelf life when you use them. There's not a lot to recycle. Just seems like a bad way to spend your uh, your money. Well, it's a good product to make because it's got a short shelf life. Uh, High demand. <laughs> I mean, every every Western nation almost does. I mean, every bigger one. Nobody thinks about the French. The French make an ass load of money on it. The Belgians, too. The Belgians are like the center of the world arms trade. No uh, kidding. Uh, yeah. But I'll have to take your word for it. Why can't, take, why can't you take Stan's word for it? Stan doesn't like any Europeans, and he makes stuff up sometimes just to make them look bad. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Why have you done that? I've been standing up for the Ukrainians. It's the Russians I don't like. Yeah, why? What's your problem with them? What's your problem with the Russians? No, Putin, for starters. So uh, I did also see something that this was for Cormod. Now that you're here, is that Newport Ritchie was going to be the Hollywood of the East oh. until the Great Depression hit, okay. just as they were on the cusp. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, talkies ruined Newport. That's it. <laughs> it has taken a long. Long time to recover. Florida's got a, a burgeoning corn scene now. Where? What? Uh, Florida. Which part? Oh, Florida, yeah. Well, I, I do Miami. remember there was some movie called Pirates, and they actually rented a boat. Uh, yeah, they got they, 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 the porn industry got the green light in Florida, so you got a big porn industry down there now. And actually, I mean, I guess I kind of had the reputation of being like into smutty type stuff. Well, Rick Scott said we're open for business. <laughs> oh my God! So that's been that's been going on for a while. It's probably it, it'll probably get bigger though because didn't they uh, enact laws or weren't they going to enact laws about condom use and porn in California oh, and that was going to drive the whole industry to like Las Vegas or Florida? Right, yeah, I think right. that's happening too. Right, and thanks to to Rick Scott, will remain a right to work. I don't know. If, I don't. <clears throat> so Rick Scott is anti condoms. So well, everything's he, okay, he, right? People should be free to choose. Yeah, you can free <laughs> <laughs> and the freedom to choose. Um. Ah, boy, we could use that to go after the right wing. I can't believe I burned through my. Uh, List so quickly. I'm very disappointed. What would well, you just? You, I mean, went you to your list already. Well, you just casually mentioned the thing about Newport Ritchie being the Hollywood of the East. So, well, can you go into detail about that? No. The Gloria Swanson, no one, once was a. She was a superstar, though. Uh, yeah. Well, she was a Newport Ritchie resident. Yes. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, and then the Carter family moved down there. That's why Johnny Cash had a house there. 
AP and Mother Mabel. Yeah, I mean it was it was the place, beautiful place on a river and stuff. Now it's a place where they have extreme wrestling. <laughs> what's the, well, what's the big thing? Well, you can get rental properties. There's a lot of rental properties in Newport Beach. Yeah. A lot of outside owners, unfortunately. I think it's that Blackstone group. Mm -hmm. You heard about them, right? That's going to be the next bubble. Because people can't afford mortgages anymore. These guys are going to buy a bunch of uh, rental properties and rent them out, and then they're going to bundle that and sell it as a uh, derivative. What the hell? I just clicked on uh, Mike W's link in the chat. Yes. What the? Uh, did you look at this? <laughs> oh, oh, the Soap King? Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us what you see. It's... Um, <clears throat> A picture of a museum, of a, of a room in a museum, and and he's apparently photoshopped pictures of John Wesley's ship wearing nothing but a speedo over all the um, all the paintings. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's and he did three different, you know, you know four or four different pictures of this. I guess he was fiddling around with it and didn't realize which one. You couldn't figure out which one he liked best, so he posted four. So he's really keeping up with the technology. I don't have Photoshop. Yeah. Isn't that expensive? Well, I, I just assumed it was photo. I, I really don't know. He could be. He, he could have done this in MS Paint. He could Ship exhibit, could he? At the Metropolitan. Uh, okay, okay, and the tags are John Wesley Ship, Red Speedo, Nice Bulge, Museum, Dilf, Works of Art. Oh? <laughs> He's a Dilf. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I just got it. Yeah. So that's what it's down to with Spike, huh? The reputation at that point against the smutty type stuff. Yeah. Well, that was nice of Mike to give us that before he had to go and talk with his sister. Is, is he coming back or is he? I don't know. I could try calling him, but he'd probably be interrupting him and his sister. Steve yeah, coming by later, or is he, uh... I don't know. He, I saw that he'd sent me a couple messages, which was nice, and I called him, but I haven't heard anything. Hopefully he will. Has everybody seen the Magical Misery Tour? Misery Tour, no. No? Because I was kind of saving that for PC with the Beatles talk, but that was about the only thing on my list. I only got two other things that I was going to bring up. Was that, was that a deliberate mispronunciation of, of the Magical Mystery Tour? Or? No, no. Yeah. It is a National Lampoon oh. video, and I guess there was a series of interviews John did with uh, Rolling Stone, and he was quite arrogant. Yeah. And he badmouthed George and kept saying he was a genius and 
I was the walrus, not Paul, and things like that. Anyway, so um, National Lampoon did this whole parody of like a, a early John Solo, you know, the, the very confessional piano-based music and the primal scream sort of stuff. Yeah. And they used quotes from the Rolling Stone interviews. <laughs> and it was pretty hilarious and disgusting. I mean, if you like John Lennon, you might not want to watch it because it's hard to see him in a positive light after watching it. I have mixed feelings about him, so I'll probably like it. <laughs> well, just make a note. You don't have to watch it now, but... Yeah, the Magical Misery Tour. I like their eyes. Who did? Did you say you it's went there already? Is it on YouTube? Or what kind yeah, of yeah. yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. Post in China. I like the uh, the Joan uh, Baez uh, parody. By whom? <laughs> And, um, there was, it's on the same national anthem. That this is on um, radio dinner, right? I don't know. No. I watched it a week ago. I just made a note when I when it came through. I have okay. a, I you know because I you know I've got the podcast that I'm going to do, and then I got the podcast that I'm editing, uh, and then I have to make uh, notes and I have video out. Yeah, it's yeah. video in, video out. That's right. Mm -hmm. I have to plug things in. I have to go and listen to them, go back, take more stuff out. Okay, now Dougal's not here, so this is my last thing on my list. Although I think I already said it. So, I'm out. Mike, what do you want at masses this week? What's that? <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Did you play a movie at Masses this week? Yeah, I played the Cincinnati Kid. How'd that go over? Yeah, it was all right. I had a small crowd. Okay. I mean, you know, the scenes when you had uh, Anne Margaret getting undressed were very popular. You know, people perked up for that. <laughs> uh, is there much uh, extreme violence in that movie? No, it's about card playing. It's, uh, oh. you know, poker. Uh, Steve McQueen versus Edward G. Robinson, and actually, I didn't I didn't realize it. The screenplay is by uh, Terry Southern and uh, Ring Lardner, which is it's a good movie. Probably, uh, I probably won't have time for it. For, for I'm too old, too old. I did watch half of Satyricon. Oh yeah, how's that go? See, it is tough going. Yeah, right. It's a good movie. I probably won't have time for it. I'm too old. Too old. I did watch half of Satyricon. Oh, yeah, how's that go? See, it is tough going. Yeah, right. So I took, Well, I took a break, and I did a little reading, though, and it helped. If you oh, look yeah. at it, you know, under from a Jungian perspective, it's much easier to <laughs> grasp what's going on. All right. <laughs> what perspective? <laughs> Is that like a little switch in the back of your head? I gotta yeah. put the Jungian yeah. young perspective yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you have one for Freud too, a Freudian perspective? Yeah, not so much, although I probably should because he probably plays quite a role in that. But no, um, 
did you ever read the history with all those guys when they, you know they were starting out and how they they would feud? Somebody that would be a great movie, you know, just Freud Freud versus his uh, his. You know, actually, I mean, they all started with him, and then they they all went in different directions. There is a movie I haven't seen it, and I even promised my manager if it came to the theater, I'd go to see it with her. It was called, I believe, A Dangerous Method. No, the Thornburg method. And it was about Jung and Freud? Okay, yeah, that, that sort of sounds familiar now, yeah. Yeah, I never it's, saw uh, it. I, it's a Cronenberg uh, film. Oh, well, then I even more, I love Naked Lunch. That's but I, I don't, it's, it's supposedly not, I mean, it's very different from his... Uh, Right. I, I read that it's like there's it's not it, it's it's unrecognizable as a David Cronenberg movie. Oh. Yeah, it was a departure. You saw it? <laughs> I've seen it. Well, come on. We're listening. I I prefer just about everything else that David Cronenberg has done to like that one. Oh. Oh boy! Well, maybe I won't go. Doesn't sound like an endorsement. <laughs> I love David Cronenberg. I, I just did not. Dig, I didn't like the, the the newest one, Cosmopolis, with that kid from Twilight. Cosmopolis was great. I loved that movie. Yeah. And you know, the, I mean, I read the book. Cosmopolis. And, you know, it's a yeah. It's based on a, a Don DeLillo book. Oh, I've heard very good things about him. But, yeah, I mean, but how did how did this movie come out without me not even knowing it came out? Is he yeah, it, it didn't do anything, you know. Um, the, the guy from uh, the, what's those movies called? Um, John Waters? No, uh, Pat Patterson, or is that his last name? He was in those uh, oh, in, oh. whole series, Kirsten Stewart. Yeah, yeah, the Twilight guy. What's his name? Twilight. Yeah, he's in those Twilight movies. Uh, Robert that's Patton. The biggest... Robert Patton. Is it Pattinson, Pattinson. or Pattinson. Pattinson? Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's good in it. You know, he, he he sort of fits the role, and there's some good scenes in that movie. Let's check that out. Apparently, the latest David Cronenberg movie, which has him and Julianne Moore in it. Just got just hit the illegal torrent sites yesterday. Yesterday, I think oh. I grabbed yeah. it, but I haven't uh, watched it yet. Is it, is it, is it, what are the reviews? Uh, how they're Julian Moore. Julian Moore is like they're they're talking. I mean, they're talking that she could, she could probably get an Oscar for it, but she probably won't. Movie, movies hit illegal torrents now before they're even released. Yeah, that, well, that one I found weird. That's why it's with, in, with independent movies, that happens often. Yeah. Uh, is this like a, a, another way of sort of advertising to get like word of mouth going? I mean, who, who's released? How do they get screeners? The probably screeners that were sent out to people and then were leaked. Huh. Um, oh, oh, you know who it is? You know who it is? The low rent critics. They don't yeah, make much money writing, you know. They get they get a penny a word. So then they they film the movie while they're there. Ah, no, 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 no. These are like screen. They're like ripped from a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
this isn't uh <laughs> they're not going in the movie theater with the oh the cam were there cannons yeah they don't oh <laughs> that sounds a lot easier just to rip it from a dvd yeah the bootleg of cosmopolis is surprisingly very good well send me a copy <laughs> <laughs> All right. Plus, I that one. 1973 show you were telling me about. What show is that? I don't know. The one with the Stones in it. That's the one where you said they sounded like a punk band. Oh, 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 oh. That's, that's yeah. I, I, I don't have a, a video of that. I have a uh, just the audio. That's yeah, I'll try and track. I'll try and track that down yeah, for you. Yeah, make a Frederick's Care package. <laughs> I love it. Fun yeah. fact. Fun fact. Go. Oh, a fun pack. I thought you said fun fact. And you were going no, to no, something no. else. But yeah, fun pack is a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> a Frederick's fun pack. I'll be a bunch of porn over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun fact. Oh, it is. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I've ever ever talked about it. The, the town I grew up in, you know, had like uh, two adult bookstores. And, they, and actually, I mean, I guess I kind of had the reputation of being like into smutty type stuff. And uh, one of them is still going. <laughs> I mean, this thing, this thing's been around since you know, like uh, the seventies. Um, and then, well, I think it's got a new owner. And um, there's another, uh, one recently closed. Now there's another one to fill the void. <laughs> You're like, what? one isn't enough. But there's another uh, adult bookstore. But you, you just, like, look at these places now, and you just, like, you think, like, how are these places still in business, you know? I mean, with computers and so on. Um, you know, even, like, the, the fun pack trade. I mean, you know, I, I guess there's a, a low low-rent market for that type of stuff, you know, for people who maybe don't have computers, you know, but... Uh, Did you say a fun tax? Fun tax, yeah, the, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, when of Eagles was, was photographed getting one, like last year. Who was? Uh, Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Uh, All oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that fun. photo, yeah. Yeah, that was a good photo. <laughs> but uh, one, the, the adult, adult bookstore that's still open, it was right next to a, a very uh, popular diner. And, you know, we'd go to the diner, we tie one on, go to the diner. And then, you know, of course, you'd, we'd sort of see what's going on in the adult bookstore, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was bizarre. I mean, you know, some of my friends, not real close friends, <laughs> would sort of tailgate. They would tailgate in the parking lot, but it was between the, the diner and the, uh, the adult bookstore. And sort of spend the day there, you know, bouncing back and forth. You know, uh, and one, one time, uh, one guy got a little too drunk and, uh, he was unhappy with his food in the diner and he, he went in and, uh, attacked the, the cook. <laughs> and they were always, they were always getting thrown out of the adult bookstore because, you know, they didn't maintain the, they would pack three or four guys into one buddy, you know, well, this was before buddy booth, so it was just a single booth. 
so, you know, you're only supposed to have one person per, you know, booth. And they pack like three or four guys in there to watch the movies. <laughs> it was a good old day. Do they have adult bookstores in uh, Florida? Frederick, are you there? They went for a smoke. <laughs> I think the answer is... <laughs> you, you already know the answer to that. <laughs> and, and, the weird, and I think I, I talked about that. You don't see yourself the same I, already, I, I told you, my list was dead, and then I said, oh, Mike's got it. I've got a minute. And, and, and I think I've mentioned before, the weirdest thing I saw in that adult bookstore was it a guy come in in full clown makeup. You know, he must have just did a party, you know, like a kid's party. But on his way home, he stops off in the adult bookstore. And this way, he sort of kills two birds with one stone because, you know, people, well, people who know he's a clown might recognize him, you know. But other people, you know, who may reckon, you know, have recognized him in his ordinary looks wouldn't recognize him, you know, in the clown outfit. Yeah, do I mean, you leave his big red nose on and stuff? Yeah, some some guys are you know they, there's a shame factor. They 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 you know they still they still can't sort of walk into an adult bookstore with their head at hell high. Well, depends, <laughs> on, <laughs> clown depends on depends on what you had. Some resort to more extreme methods to, <laughs> to avoid that shame. <laughs> One of the funniest things I ever witnessed, you know, I, I used to, you know, I, I worked on, uh, I worked on Columbus Circle there, and I, I'd walk down to the Port Authority down 8th Avenue. This was back when New York was still pretty seedy, you know, there was still adult movie theaters and stuff and bookstores on 8th Avenue there. And, uh, you know, just walking down and this, <laughs> this rabbi's next to me, you know. Well, not a rabbi, but just a, a Hasidic, uh, you know, he's got the curls and the, the long coat and the beard and everything. And instead of like just sort of making like a normal sort of entrance into this adult bookstore, he literally sort of like walked horizontally, <laughs> did this sort of sidestep, and he almost like bumped right into me because I wasn't expecting him to start walking sideways into the store. I think he thought it was more nonchalant that way. But it actually drew more attention to him because <laughs> most people don't walk sideways like that, you know? I think Stan's phone's breaking up. Sounds like a damaged robot. Yeah, Stan is a He's a buddy. I spent taking those little gaps out of Stan's phone things. Because you get the whole word if you take the little gap out. Uh, you're, you're a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Well, did you know there is something called the language removal service? Uh, yeah. Sounds like my calling. And the guy wouldn't well, the say how we did it. We lost Stan. He'll try and reconnect, I suspect. Unless he was just murdered, and he was calling out for help, and we couldn't hear him because of the lousy digital media that we're forced to use nowadays. Although, actually, the rest of you sound pretty good. 
Brian, do you, you Stan uses a Stan uses his phone. Yeah, I know. I've learned um, that. Yeah. Because when you try to ask him about what's on the screen, he says, I can't tell. I'm using my phone. Yeah, and he's probably by a <laughs> shaky tower or something. Yeah. Was Mike, Mike done with his porn talk? <laughs> now what? He hung up. Oh no, that's Stan. And he's echoing. Any better? Not anymore. No. You're not cut now. Nope. That sounds fun. Problem solved. Well, not completely. You're really quiet. Set the levels. So I think you may have a hearing problem, uh, Frederick. Why you hear them fine? Yeah, you're you're always saying that people, you know, you can't hear them, and they're, but they're generally I never have a problem hearing someone. Well, I, I hear you fine. Hmm. Brian sounds slightly muddy, but <clears throat> I can understand him. Mike is fine. And Stan is very digitized. You didn't notice a difference? I just switched to uh, different headphones. So wow. They made a big difference. All right. <sighs> Finally, we got that straightened out. So while I went out for my smoke, though, I did find a quote from Mark Twain. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. I mean, there's some things you don't have to reflect about. Uh, murder is wrong. You don't have to. Mm. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far, but I was willing to say that all child abuse is wrong. There is no child that needs to be abused. I do believe there are some people that do need to be murdered. Did oh, I well, just say that? I'm going to have to edit it out. <laughs> you just, you just uh, have that play over and over again. Over and over. <laughs> there are some people that need to be murdered. Like, like the people that stole this kid, corneas in China. Did you hear about that? A six-year-old six oh. got kidnapped, drugged. His parents found him hours later with bloody eye sockets. And his eyeballs were found nearby missing their corneas. An organ donation and death is rare in China. So patients must wait years for transplants. Prison officials routinely harvest organs from executed inmates. Hmm. That's but, pretty brutal. Yeah. Right. So I think that the people that took that six-year-old's corneas deserve to be murdered. Yeah, I, I didn't mean that no one deserves to die. I just meant that. You know, it's generally murder. I would track them down and kill them. 
and I would feel totally justified in like I was doing the moral thing. In other Chinese news, they just uh, gave that guy a life sentence for being a separatist. A guy from Western China, who's a yeah. See, so murdering, so murdering is like nothing over there. It's a slap on the wrist. <clears throat> Life in prison, which is worse, being murdered or doing life in prison? I'm going to say life in prison. Oh, I'd rather die, I think. That's your next catchphrase. <laughs> I'd rather die, in fact. <laughs> oh, I'd rather die. Uh, that's your new catchphrase. I'd rather die, in fact. <laughs> I'd rather die, in fact. So were you here for the magical misery tour, Stan? Did you make a note? Uh, I... Heard it. it. It did sound terrible, but uh, okay. yeah, I kind of looked it up. Uh, oh, all right. Christopher Guest was Christopher Guest was heavily involved in that album. So that's positive. Hey, Melissa Manchester was on it as well. Who from was on. Manchester? Melissa Manchester, the singer. Oh yes. She's on that too. I think I only know one song by her, actually, though, right? Midnight Blue or something? There you go. Oh, Midnight at the Oasis? Oasis, there you go. Oh, that's, that's Maria Moldauer. Oh, okay. Who fairly recently did a record that included a cover of uh, Bob Dylan's You Ain't Going Nowhere? I think, I think the whole album is covers, right? I think it might be, but she in that song, she changed the lyric to... Uh, Genghis Khan, he could not keep all his men supplied with sheep. <laughs> I think I have that album. There you go. I didn't notice that, but I, th I think there's some decent songs on there. I think she does some, uh, like Brian Ferry or Roxy Music, one of the other. Yeah, I remember. I heard, I heard several reviews about it. Hey, so PC, you with us? Yes, I'm here. All right, what about the Magical Misery Tour? Oh, that's kind of funny. Okay. That's, uh, it's Is that like, why John's who not... Did, who did that, though? Who's the, the performer behind that? NRBQ. Oh. National Lampoon. National Lampoon, yeah. Well, I don't know. There's one specific guy. Yeah, that's funny. I, I mean, I, I listened to it once, probably, and uh, one time, and I thought it was funny. That's that, that interview... That with you, Rolling Stone, a little bit of the Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone interview that they put up on their podcast thing. I'm a genius. Ah! Yeah, that's uh, one of the better uh, Beatle parodies out there. I'd say better than the Ruddles. I would say it is. Yeah, the problem with the Ruddles is some. Uh, I just didn't think it was all that funny. Like, I, I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest Monty Python guy, so I guess that might be my problem. But it looks like they put so much time and effort when there's a part in it where, um, the John and Yoko characters were arrested or whatever, and it seemed like they actually shot it at the same courthouse that 
John and Yoko were arraigned for drug possession or something. Oh. That photo's on the back of their Life of Lions album. Uh-huh. I mean, it looked identical. And it was like, why did they go through so much trouble to make something so exact? And it just not be all that funny to me, you know? Like, I just, I was, I wanted to be laughing a lot more like I was in the first time I saw Spinal Tap or something. It wasn't like that, you know? Right. Well, and musically, too, I've read so many great reviews about the Ruttles, and I listen, I think, wow, that's an amazing recreation, but what they, like you said, what they do with it is not making you slap your knee or anything. No, yeah, you're right, yeah. that does into the music, yeah, you're yeah, right. That's pretty good, but boy, did they capture the style magnificently. Mm -hmm. But I think, I guess, in a way, it almost seems like it was just a way of saying, see... You know, even comedians can do the Beatles, and that was supposed to be the funny part, but yeah, they're not that easy to do. Yeah, and I mean, I think even that time they did them on The Simpsons was better. Like, uh, like there was an episode where Homer had, like, a band, uh, and I thought that was, like, a better send-up of, like, the, the Beatles story in a half hour than the Ruddles had in, in an hour, you know, like, right. or whatever that was. Right, right. Okay. But so you, All right. nobody else knew about the Magical Misery Tour, so. And I, yeah, you hear it on YouTube. It's really funny. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's what John Lennon actually said, you know? It's just which they, is what really makes it funny. Yeah, they made it sound like it was a track from Plastic Ono Band. It's really good. Frederick, you're, I'm listening to an era of the best show. You just won. Um, uh, caller of the year. Yes, I still have the trophy. And then you kind of big timed them, like you didn't call the next week, <laughs> or you didn't call the show that you got the award. And the next week you did call, but you hung up before you got connected. You're waiting too long. <laughs> you hung up. I can't remember. Something came up. Oh, but that was that was pretty funny. That was what I I listened to that one today while I was at work. So then you must have heard the offer to arm wrestle the Mickey Ward. Yeah, I must have. Tell me what happened in it. I don't know exactly. It was a long time ago, but we talked, yeah, you, I would have had to. about the repo talk has died down now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they were talking about him in the movie a lot for a while because it was current, and <laughs> now it seems like it's six months after. Yeah. The but we talked about the Repo Man, we talked about an Indian Mound in Newport Ritchie, and I offered to arm wrestle Mickey Rourke. I had to have heard it, like, recently. See, now I say it, that's my favorite that I call, but it may not really exist. Maybe it was a dream. When you called about, you called in that pastor Josh dude was on? Yeah. Talking about the scum force? That was pretty funny. You were <laughs> cracking yourself up, too. Oh, I remember that one. That was when... I I, oh, I was quite drunk that night. We <laughs> remember that one clearly. Remember that one, Mike? Yeah, I can't remember a lot of best shows. I mean, it's just, there you go. <laughs> this is like having the old guy interview. You remember that? Uh, nah, nah, right. uh, you know, they're fun. I, I can't remember stuff in such detail like that. Yeah. Oh. Well, and see, and I only... I mean, Tom and John have the same problem. They can't remember certain details from calls and stuff. I mean, I don't think they go back and listen to stuff. I, I Yeah, I mean, I particularly, I, I never listen to stuff where I'm kind of featured. You know, I don't want to hear my voice. Oh. So I don't, I, don't, I don't go back and re-listen to stuff. Mike, I meant to compliment you on something that you'll probably have no recollection of. I can't remember a lot of... 
drunk. Well, me like roaring, laughing with it. It was interesting, sort of behind the scenes thing that uh, Tom didn't really want to. Uh, Mike, because there was Mike, just to interrupt for a second. Yeah. The first time you mentioned this, you told me not to include it on the podcast. Yeah. So is that still the rule? Yeah. Oh, I talked about this before? Not to PC Mike, and he is extremely curious, and he just heard the episode. <laughs> so go ahead, I'll take it out. Don't run off the record. Yeah, this is off the record. I mean... Off the record. Uh, Some, you know, I mean... No, but I, I, from, I glean that it was heavily sexual. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just about, so off the record. Yeah. And, you know, no, you know, and... Oh, okay. And one of them was, uh, uh, you know, this is off the record. Oh, okay. And, uh... Uh-huh. So he actually comes off, off the record. Uh, you know, Tom didn't like the, the smutty type stuff. See, I mean, I guess I kind of had the reputation at that point of being, like, into smutty type stuff. So this is off the record. So right, right. It sort of fit into the show, but... That was kind of the real reason behind that. Oh, okay. Because you were you came in, you were talking about I don't even know you were talking, but somehow you tied in like a pant, some weirdo reading the smutty type stuff, and it was just hilarious. And it was, right, yeah. and it was like Tom, just that kind of relationship that you have with Tom that I'm I'm assuming is somewhat exaggerated. On yeah, it. well, that's that's kind of it. You know, I became like the. You know, sort of his alter ego. He's like the, you know, he's clean. But that's just like when he plays the same role. You know, he he get, he holds up, get kind of risque. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Tom will just be sort of, you know, trying to get away from it. You know. Yeah, I I think you do that stuff better with Tom though, because Tom seems more exasperated with you. Like I think that you. Oh yeah, uh, because I'm you know I'm just sort of me in, in, in an exaggerated form. Yeah. Rather than hiding behind a character, you know? right? Exactly. Yeah, I think it oddly works better when you're you're pushing the envelope John does because it's like yeah, yeah I mean, it's a character, you know. Yeah. yeah, I realized that was kind of my, my role after a while, and we had fun with it, you know. <laughs> I like the one where um, I like when Tom said he was he was on the elevator um, with you, uh, and you kept asking him about Jonestown. <laughs> because it was the anniversary or something. Are you gonna mention it? <laughs> yeah. It's all gonna for a couple of weeks. Did that really happen, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think I was in. Uh... Hey, did you know it's the anniversary of Jonestown, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I was in maybe the diner. Uh, and, and the television was oh, on. okay. It wasn't like elevator conversation. No, it wasn't like it was I was, you know, like out of the blue. Space. You know, I mean, it was, it was something I had seen on television, like right before I came into the building. And so I so thought that would be nice, uh, small talk, you know? Actually, actually, one of the projects I'm involved with, I, I kind of got off a pretty good, uh, Jonestown illusion that I, I think you'll enjoy when you see it. <laughs> so what's the of the show? Well, it's 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 coming, it's coming. You know, I mean, it's all converging within the next month or so. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the the speculation on the board there is at a fever pitch. Uh, I'm coming. I'm I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. 
he's going to buy me lunch for my participation in in one of the projects, and uh, I'll get some more info from him. But you know, the last I heard, you know, the place is secured, uh, the equipment is is being set up, and uh, so yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to happen soon. Is your name on the parking space? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he mentioned there is good parking, which the concern. No, 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 but associate producer Mike, <laughs> you know, with a happy face or something like that. No, like I, I guess there's a sign. The building must have a, a parking area, so okay, that's a good thing. Now, Mike, the, the other thing that I was listening carefully for was that time that you said uh, with Barry. Uh -huh. I couldn't hear it. Like, I couldn't hear when there was, like, a problem, like when there was friction. Like, it, 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 it didn't come off to me on, on the mic. Well, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't audible, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I heard him say it in the room. I sit right next to him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just assumed it, it was heard, but uh, maybe it wasn't heard. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even tell the moment, like where things would have turned or whatever. I, I made I made a joke about this is off the record. That's, yeah, that's exactly what you guys were. That was discussion. And then I, I think I, I I talked about the woman, mm -hmm. and I said there was some. I I had a line there. I actually kind of thought of the line before the show, and you know I do that sometimes. I'd have little lines prepared if I kind of knew what I was going to talk about. I would I would think of things that I could say. Yeah, I think I, I said that thing, and then, yeah, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't such a great joke, but, you know, did I need to have saying it was a bad joke, you know, uh, you know uh, right after I said it, you know, which actually maybe I think I think that's sort of a backhand compliment when a comedian does that, but it's, I think they're all sort of insecure, but, <laughs> you know, so maybe that was his way of acknowledging it. maybe it wasn't such a bad joke, so right. read it either way. But other people thought it was funny, and I don't, you know, I don't care. You win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't care. You win some, you lose some, you lose some. <laughs>